Oh, good morning, good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Recovery is and Awesome, episode four. Glad you guys are here. Coffee is brewed, gratitude is set, attitude is positive. Good morning, good morning. Uh, today I want to talk about resentments, my favorite part of the book, or at least one of them. It's on the bottom of page 64 for those who want to follow along in the hymnal. It says, resentment is the number one offender. It destroys more alcoholics than anything else. From it stem all forms of spiritual disease. For we have been not only mentally and physically ill, we have been spiritually sick. Can I get an amen? When the spiritual malady is overcome, we straighten out mentally and physically. In dealing with resentments, we set them on paper. We listed the people, the places, the institutions, the principles with whom we were angry. We asked ourselves why we were angry. And in most cases, it was found that our self-esteem, our pocketbooks, our ambitions, our personal relationships, and yes, including sex, were hurt or threatened. So we were sore. We were burned up. And it goes on to explain how we list those things, right? Who were resentful at the cause and how it affected us. Uh, what the book doesn't say and what my sponsor had suggested is make another column and put down my part. Like what was my part in that? So going back to the book, it says we went back through our lives. Nothing counted but thoroughness and honesty. When we were finished, we considered it carefully. Now the first thing apparent was that this world and its people were often wrong. To conclude that others were wrong was as far as most of us ever got. The usual outcome was that some people continued to wrong us and we stayed sore. Sometimes it was remorse, then we were sore at ourselves. But the more we fought and tried to have our own way, the worse matters got. As in war, the victor only seemed to win. Our moments of triumph were short-lived. And here's where it starts talking about me. It is plain that a life which includes deep resentment leads only to futility and unhappiness. To the precise extent that we permit these, do we squander the hours that might have been worthwhile. But with the alcoholic, whose hope is the maintenance and growth of a spiritual experience, this business of resentment is infinitely grave. We have found that it is fatal. For when harboring such feelings, we shut ourselves off from the sunlight of the Spirit. The insanity of alcohol returns and we drink again. As with us, to drink is to die. If we were to live, we had to be free of anger. The grouch and the brainstorm were not for us. They may be the dubious luxury of normal men, but for the alcoholics, these things are poison. We turn back to the list, for it held the key to our future. We were prepared to look at it from an entirely different angle. Here we go. We began to see the world and its people really dominated us. In that state, the wrongdoing of others, fancied or real, had the power to actually kill. How could we escape? We saw that these resentments must be mastered, but how? We could not wish them away any more than alcohol. This was our course. We realized that people who wronged us were perhaps spiritually sick. Though we did not like their symptoms and the way they disturbed us, they, like ourselves, were sick too. We asked God to help us show them the same tolerance, pity, and patience that we would cheerfully grant a sick friend. When a person offended, we said to ourselves, This is a sick man. How can I be helpful to him? God save me from being angry. Thy will be done. We avoid retaliation or argument. 
We wouldn't treat sick people that way. If we do, we destroy any chance of being helpful. We cannot be helpful to all people, but at least God will show us how to take a kindly and tolerant view of each one or each and every one. Now, that sounds really good how I can, you know, if I'm irritated at somebody, um, you know, just pray for them. Um, and, and, and that's, that's good in theory. But if, if I'm being honest, I, I haven't got there yet. Um, and, and one day maybe I will, but, uh, today ain't it, you know, I've gotten, you know, I've gotten a lot better. Um, I don't hold resentments against people anymore. Uh, my resentment list was, was deep. Um, and just about every resentment that I had or ever had, uh, you know, had emotion tied to it. And so when we have those emotions, they're, for me, a little bit harder to, um, to get rid of. You know, it goes on to say that, um, talks about fear. Um, you know, and, and, and fear I've heard described two different ways. One, face everything and recover. Or two, fuck everything and run. Uh, and ladies and gentlemen, today, I ain't running. Fear, this short word, was somehow touches every aspect of our lives. It was an evil and corroding thread. The fabric of our existence was shot through with it. It set in motion trains of circumstances, which brought us misfortune we felt we didn't deserve. But did not we, ourselves, set the ball rolling? Sometimes, we think fear ought to be classed with stealing. It seems to cause more trouble. We reviewed our fears thoroughly. We put them on paper, even though we had no resentment in connection with them. We asked ourselves why we had them. Was it because self-reliance failed us? Self-reliance was as good as far as that went, but it didn't go far enough. Some of us once had great self-confidence, but it fully didn't solve the fear problem or any other. When it made us cocky, it was worse. Perhaps there is a better way. We think so. For we are now on a different basis, the basis of trusting and relying upon God. We trust an infinite God rather than our finite selves. We are in the world to play the role He assigns, just to the extent that we do not think, just, sorry, just to the extent that we do as we think He would have us do. And humbly rely on Him does He enable us to match calamity with serenity. And again, when I speak of God, it's God as you understand Him. You know, your, your version or description of God may be different than mine. And you know what? That's awesome. We never apologize to anyone for depending upon our Creator. We can laugh at those who think spirituality is a way of weakness. Paradoxically, it is a way of strength. The verdict of the ages is that faith means courage. All men of faith have courage. They trust their God. We never apologize for God. Instead, we let Him demonstrate through us what He can do. We ask Him to remove our fear and direct our attention to what He would have us be. At once, we commence to outgrow fear. So again, going back to the resentments. Um, it's all fear-based, right? Scared to death of, of somebody's going to take something I got or I'm not going to get something I want. Or at least I'm not going to get something that I, I think I want. Uh, but here's, here's the direction. Here's the solution right here in the book. Just like every other solution to life's issues are in this wonderful book. 
you know, we asked him to remove our fear. So we have to ask him to remove it. Now, it's not one of these foxhole things like, oh, God, please, you know, take away this fear. You know, like like when we were drinking, it's like, oh, if you get me out of this, Lord, I will never drink again. I promise. And when I said that, I meant it with all of my with all of my soul. And and I swore I'd never do it again. Until I did it again. Usually the next day once the uh, fog of the hangover cleared. So it says we, we asked him to remove our fear and direct our attention to what he would have us be. Kind of goes back to, uh, to this, uh, this podcasting. And, and now, you know, I, I started a YouTube channel. Um, I was scared to death, uh, scared to death of doing this uh, because, you know, I am, I am vulnerable uh, as far as sharing with, with you guys how, uh, how my life was, you know, how, what happened and, and what it's like now, my experience, strength and hope. And I asked somebody, you know, no, why would anybody want to hear my story? Why would anybody want to hear me talk about sobriety? And this person looked at me dead in the eye and said, Robo, they probably need to hear it. And so, you know, when I, uh, when I have that, that inner voice, not, not the crazy one, uh, but the, the sane one, uh, and, and it is, it is drawing me or, or it is calling me to, to do something. I, I kind of pay attention to that. And that's why I started this podcast, you know, and, and, and I do my, my daily reading every morning, uh, from a couple books and, you know, meditation and stuff. And, and some of the stuff that I read, man, it just, it, it, it hits me in that spot. And it's like, man, I, I, yeah, let's, let's, let's talk about that. You know, and the resentments and fear that, that I was riddled with when I was drinking. And, and even, you know, when I quit drinking it, you know, they were still there. You know, alcohol is just a symptom of my issue, right? Because, you know, page 64, you know, tells me that I am, I am mentally and physically ill, but I am spiritually sick. So how do I fix my, my mental problem? Um, you know, physical is easy, you know, eat right, drink lots of water, exercise, all that good stuff, you know, get enough sleep, uh, stop, you know, eating gallons of ice cream and, you know, three large pizzas, uh, at a time, right. Eat healthier, uh, which, which is awesome. My wife's got me, uh, eating healthier and, and it's, you know, lost some weight, which is, you know, really good feeling good. Uh, but mentally, how, how do I get past that? Well, it tells me right there on page 64, you know, once the spiritual malady, malady is just sickness, you know, once the spiritual sickness is overcome, you know, then we straighten out mentally and physically. You know, it's not been easy. I'm not going to tell you it's easy, especially if you're early in, in recovery. You know, it, it takes work. You know, it's, it's, it's a daily thing. You know, I'm, you don't have to ever, you know, say, well, I'm not never drinking again or I'm never doing drugs again. Man, it's just one day at a time. Just don't do it today. One day is easy to do, you know. Maybe it has to be an hour at a time. Maybe it has to be a 15-minute block at a time. Whatever, whatever works for you, then do it. You know, because, you know, if, if you can wake up in the morning and not have to roll over and take a drink or a drug to get out of bed, if you can make it through the day, put your head down at night, and you're still sober, brothers and sisters, that is a great day, not just a good day. For people like us, it's a great day. You know, and, and like I said, I don't have bad days. 
Yeah, I may have, you know, crappy parts of days, you know, as we all do, because, you know, I'm human and life is life. But at the end of the day, if I'm sober and I haven't intentionally hurt anybody, that's a great day. You know, and, and I go to bed with, you know, gratitude and I wake up in the morning with gratitude. You know, the, this book is, is full of promises. Um, you know, if you do this, then this will happen. And I have found that to be true. Uh, if you're if you're new in sobriety, uh, whether you're you know drugs, alcohol, whatever it is, um, the first 164 pages of this book uh, where the answers at, you know, not not just to quit drinking, not just to quit, uh, you know, doing drugs, but to to live. You know, how how do you live a a comfortable life sober? And for me, that's the goal. You know, I want serenity. I want peace of mind. I want to look in the mirror and, and be okay with me. You know, I want to be in a room full of people and not feel alone. Uh, I want to, you know, live life to the fullest, you know, no, no matter what I'm doing. Uh, if I'm flipping burgers, I want to be the best burger flipper there is. If I'm digging ditches, I want to be the best, you know, ditch digger. If I'm a CEO of a company, you know, I want to be the best CEO. Whatever it is that you're doing, and it doesn't matter your race. It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter what language you speak. It doesn't matter your economic situation. You know, it doesn't matter your religion. It doesn't matter, you know, your sexual orientation. You know, go be the best version of you today that you can be. You know, and it took me a long time to to actually realize that. You know, it sounds really good. You know, but, you know, how, how do we do that? You know, and once I figured out how to do that, you know, I just keep repeating doing that on a daily basis. You know, serenity and, and peace of mind is a direct result of me doing whatever I can to be the best version of me on a daily basis. And my goal every day is to be a better person than I was yesterday. Whether it's a better person, better employee, better employer, better you know husband, better son, better father, better friend, better whatever. You know, a I need to do whatever I can to be the best version of me today and be better than I was yesterday and you know and, and for me that's the key uh, you know it says you know we asked him to remove our fear and then direct our attention to what he would have us be you know this book talks about trying to align our will with God's will you know and and my friend you know Mike B says it best you know do the next right thing do the next right thing <coughs> or just do the next thing right then it says, at once, if we do this, at once, we commence to outgrow fear. Because if I'm helping somebody else in recovery, if I'm helping somebody else, period, then I get out of myself. I get out of my head, and that, that fear that, that gripped me and, and almost, you know, to the point of, you know, paralyzing me seems to lose its power. You know, the book also says, you know, nothing will, I'm going to paraphrase this part, nothing will so much um, give us immunity as taking that first drink as working with another alcoholic. You know, nothing will, will give me immunity from, you know, taking that drug as working with another addict. You know, and it's, it's a really good feeling helping other people. You know, whether it's, you know, a neighbor who, you know, is elderly and you go mow their yard because, you know, it's 115 degrees outside and, you know, they don't need to be out doing this stuff. Um, or it's talking to somebody else who's, who's going through something, 
you know, and you don't have to say anything. If you're just sitting there and listen, you know, sometimes that's all people need. You know, give them a wave, give them a nod, give them a hello. You know, you don't have to go into a whole dissertation, have a whole conversation with somebody. Just, you know, a simple hello. Man, sometimes that just makes all the difference. You know, and then the book goes on to talk about sex and, you know, I'm going to leave that. Um, you know, and it, and it says we revered our, we reviewed our fears thoroughly. You know, what was, what am I fearful of? Am I fearful of not getting this? Am I fearful of somebody taking, you know, what I, what I have? And, and I hate using that description, but, you know, because I don't have anything. Everything I have, every, my, my house, my wife, my kid, you know, they're a gift from God, in my opinion. Right? And, you know, the whole, then there's jealousy. Right? These guys are looking at my wife. These guys think my wife's beautiful. Why? Because she is beautiful. Right? And I'm scared to death that, you know, some young, you know, well-built guy with an eight-pack who, you know, drives a fancy car, has a lot of money, lives in a big fancy house, um, you know, and, and, you know, I guess, you know, for lack of a better word, is a better man than me is going to, you know, my wife's going to see them and, uh, you know, leave me for that, right? Because she deserves better. And that, that, that drove me for years, you know, and, and my friend Barry, you know, cause his, his wife's real pretty. And, you know, I asked him, I'm like, how can you not get jealous for other guys looking at your wife? Right. I mean, you're a dude. And he's like, you know, he goes, the way I look at it is she's just a gift from God. She's not mine but God has placed her with me. And I kind of look, you know, and when I look at that, when I look at that logically, it's true, you know, and then that fear of, of her leaving me or the fear of, you know, you know, something happening to my kids, you know, it's, it, it seems to lose its power. And when it loses its power, then I have more serenity. I have more, uh, more peace of mind, you know, and, and on that note, I know, I know that my wife loves me cause she's, uh, married me twice. So, you know, there we go. You know, and it, then it says, uh, going back to the book, you know, we reviewed our fears thoroughly. We put them on paper. And, and it's funny that another friend of mine, Mike, has, you know, has all his sponsees journal. And I kind of think I touched on this in another podcast, but, you know, journaling is as stupid as I used to think it was. It actually helps. And again, what's rolling around in my head, if I put it on paper, it loses its power. And when it loses its power, I can look at it logically and not emotionally, you know, because I used to just run on emotion and, it, you know, running on emotion and not logic is, is very dangerous for me because I will get so wrapped up and just, just mental masturbation on, you know, the situation that, that I will make up in my head that is nowhere near being reality, but I will let that drive me. And then I turn into this, this asshole for lack of a better word, right? I'm irritable. I'm discontent. I'm pissed off. Nothing's ever good enough. And you know, the people around me, people close to me is, are the ones, unfortunately, that, that I take it out on, you know, I don't do that too much today. Um, every once in a while that, that stuff will, you know, rear up and, and, and show up. And then, you know, I kind of go sit quietly and, you know, usually, go out in the backyard and talk to myself. My neighbors probably think I'm nuts. Um, but Hey, that's why we're here. Right. Cause we're, uh, you know, we're not all there, you know, and then we, and the book says we asked ourselves why we had these fears. Was it because self-reliance failed us? Was it because, you know, my, my, my will, uh, wasn't quite good enough to get the issue fixed. 
you know, self-reliance is, was as good as far as it went, but it should, it didn't go far enough. You know, some of us once had great self-confidence, which is true, but it didn't fully solve the fear problem, right? I can have, I can have all the, the confidence in my abilities, um, but without the help of a higher power, man, I'm honestly, I'm just helpless, right? I'm helpless to deal with resentments. I'm, I'm helpless to deal with, with fear and, and anger. And then, uh, you know, the, the grouchiness, you know, I've been called grouchy, you know, and if I'm being honest, I got rest in bitch face. And, uh, even if I am completely serene and content, I look like I'm going to rip somebody's head off. And, you know, somebody asked me one time, it's like, Hey, you know, what's going on? You okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm happy. He goes, Oh, you're happy. I'm like, yeah. He goes, well, you might want to tell your face, right? So it's how we present ourselves to the outside worlds, so to speak. Um, you know, body language, facial expressions. So now I don't, I try to have a smile on my face all the time. Not like one of those fakey cheerleader. I'm in the parade, you know, parade wave smiles. Uh, but, but just a, a, a smile, right? Just like I'm content and I am happy and, you know, life is good, right? Cause, uh, you know, recovery is fucking awesome and it is. And if you don't believe, if you don't believe me, just ask me cause I'll tell you again, uh, again, thank you guys so much for listening. I, I cannot express my humility and my gratitude for you guys supporting everything that I do. Uh, again, I have a YouTube channel still working on, still working on that. Again, I'm technologically deficient. Um, you know, if you, if you have any questions, any comments, uh, any topics for further podcasts, you can, uh, I'm on Facebook recovery is F and awesome podcast, um, uh, Twitter, Instagram, uh, you can go to the website, recovery is F and Uh, you shoot me an email recovery is F and awesome at gmail.com. Um, or leave a comment on, on YouTube. Um, it's recovery is F and awesome. I don't know how the algorithm works. I don't know if you type in recovery sobriety or whatever, if it'll pop up. Fortunately, uh, I had a friend yesterday text me. It's like, Hey, um, you know, I, I typed on the link. It's, it's not there. So I'm, you know, working on getting around the algorithm that you two has. Uh, but we're out there um, trying to uh, get this message out to as obviously as many people as I can. I'm also working on some T-shirts and coffee cups and hats with the logo because, you know, that'd be kind of cool, you know, because why the hell not, right? Expand the brand of, of recovery, expand the brand of uh, sobriety and, and, you know, try to get the message out that uh, recovery is awesome. So again, thank you guys for the support. Thank y'all for listening. Thank y'all for the downloads. I, I, I appreciate it. It gives me, gives me hope that I'm, I'm actually doing something worthwhile. Um, I appreciate the love and the love is 100% returned in kind. You guys take it easy. I will see y'all down the road. I am Robo. I am out. Stay sober today, ladies and gentlemen, because recovery is fucking awesome. Awesome.